0: good evening may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now I'm sure at least some of you are wondering why I'm dressed like this since this is new to our church we won't talk about it every week uh, but so that when you bring visitors and like Keller they ask why is that man dressed like a monster or like Avery they say who is graduating you might be able to answer them, uh, or at least try to help address why we might be wearing robes. The first thing that uh, I would like to point out is that this is not a first, second, or third-tier issue. Nor do we look down on our brothers who do not wear robes. This is simply a matter of preference. John the Baptist says of himself in respect to Jesus in John 13, he must increase and I must decrease. And it's in our view that ministerial robes help with this. In the scriptures, God's various representatives wear robes in order to remind people that they are functioning in a capacity that is bigger than the individual. So, much like doctors and firemen and policemen wear uniforms to indicate that they're functioning in an official capacity, historically, ministers of God's word have done the same. So, when I was a fireman and we would arrive on scene in bunker gear, everyone knew that we were there, not as Bo, Corwin, and Danny, but that we were firemen there to help. And so, when we said, Get out! They listen to us more than maybe someone else. And as we talked to uh, the kids in Sunday school, if a police officer in uniform were to run into the school and tell them to get in their rooms and to lock the doors. They would likely do so because the police officer knows something about the situation that they don't. Likewise, as. Ministers, Our hope is that when you look up here and you see a man robed up, you don't just see Bo and Mark standing up here on our own authority, but as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, trying to tell you something that you may not know already. He must increase. We must decrease. So if you remember nothing about robes... Try to remember that the robe is not meant to elevate the man as some super spiritually elite Christian. But it's to subsume the individual under his office as proclaimer of God's word and enable you to hear him as such. Likewise, the... Church calendar can and should function in a similar way, not as a mandatory observance, but as a useful tool to remind us of who we are in light of the triune God and where we stand in his story. Rather than being governed by mere earthly times and seasons, we are caught up in a time and a season and a story much larger than ours. When we celebrate the church calendar, we are reminded that as Christians we are not divided into tribes, tongues, and nations separated by our various cultural holidays. But when we observe the Christian calendar, we are united to our brothers and sisters all over the world and throughout history. We are not divided by national loyalties in deciding whether we should celebrate the 4th of July versus grieving over the American rebellion. And we are not divided by Juneteenth or Cinco de Mayo. Rather, we are elevated together into the greatest holiday calendar that's ever existed. The church calendar is divided into two main parts, the life of Christ and the teaching of Christ to his church. We begin the new year, as we are about to, by commemorating the coming of the Son of God to the earth during Advent, which means coming, and then Christmas. We then celebrate Christ's manifestation to the Gentiles in Epiphany. And we are then reminded of Christ's battle with sin and Satan and death during Lent. And then we celebrate a risen king who entered into death on Good Friday, rested on Saturday, and broke down the gates of hell on Easter Sunday. It's after that we enter into ordinary time, the life of the church where we look not so much at the life of Christ as the teachings of Christ for His church. And then finally today, on Christ the King Sunday... We remember that our king will come again, and he will come after the church age to subdue all his and our enemies. Christ the king will return, and he will set all things right. Now regarding the different colors, we associate certain cultural holidays with certain colors. What holiday do you associate with orange and black? Halloween, Halloween. yes. Red and green, two awful colors. Christmas, Christmas. yes. Red, white, and blue. Fourth Fourth of July, there we go, all right. So with each respective time of year, certain colors remind you what time it is. Likewise, in the church calendar, the colors on our tablecloth, the color on our vestments, and even our fancy PowerPoint change to reflect the time of year that it is in the church calendar. Like orange and black and red and green, these colors are aids to remind God's people what time it is. They're to help redeem the time, if you will. So when you see black, you mourn during Lent and Good Friday. When you see white, you think Christmas and Epiphany and Christ the King Sunday today. And because we are all prone to forget the story or at least elevate our own particular time in it, we do it all again with the worldwide church year after year until that day when Christ returns. And as I mentioned, today is the last day in that calendar, Christ the King Sunday. So my hope for us is that we would be reminded together with the worldwide church that Jesus is, in fact, the king we need, even though he may not be the king we deserve.